Welcome. Get ready to change your vibe and get energized. You are listening to the Next Level Woman podcast, and I am your host, mentor, and coach, Theogenosis. I am obsessed with bringing you real conversations on empowering your life, amplifying your business, loving your relationships, and expanding your abundance. This podcast will be infused with all the knowledge you need to be the next level woman. Join me for today's episode. We know we're here with Rachel Yen and um, Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Theo. I'm just so excited to be here. Um, I am a functional medicine or a holistic medicine doctor. And so what that means is I help people with their medical issues from a holistic and a traditional and a medical perspective. So combining the best that we've had on like the timeline of human history in terms of medicine, collapsing all of that and bringing it together in an integrative way, that's what I do for my patients. That is so amazing. And you are, um, now you're based out of Denver, is that correct? Correct. And so is that where your, your office is? Or um, tell, tell us a little bit about how you might um, work with women that aren't in the Denver area. Yeah, so I'm based in Denver, but I see people worldwide on Zoom, online. And, and the reason why that's possible is because lab work can be done anywhere. Right. And so as long as a kit can be sent to your house and you can collect your samples, whether they're stool, urine or blood and then send them back to the lab, then my work is basically done. Now, the advantage to coming to Denver. So a lot of people do come into Denver for certain appointments is that we can do a little more of this holistic work of like hands on physical for your gut and palpate your body and get that hands-on information as well. In addition to the labs and the medical tests that we're getting, there's something just a little more magical about that hands-on process that a lot of patients do opt to come in here for. Um, but other than that, it could all be done very easily online. That That's is just, <laughs> you know, it's so amazing what we can do online nowadays. And, you know, even um, healers that do energy work, it's like, it's very easy to do just with, you know, the capabilities of Zoom. So I, you know, to, to have a doctor that's in a totally different state is not really out of the ordinary anymore. Um, but I love, one of the things that I love about your approach is that, um, you know, this, this podcast is all about illuminating yourself um, as well as then illuminating others. I really believe in the fact that if we take care of ourselves first, we heal ourselves, we look at our shadows, and we look at things that are of discomfort um, and take care of those first, that it really just impacts our partners, our um, family, our coworkers, you know, our community. And so one of the things that I like about your approach is that you really do look at that holistic perspective. Um, and I know, um, can you explain a little bit about, um, you know, your philosophy? In other words, should people only come to you when they're not feeling well? Or should they really be coming to you when they actually feel really well and be more preventative? Yeah. So I love the word illumination. Hmm. What I use a lot in my practice is the concept of clarity and certainty. And I get, I get so many patients that come from whatever source, so whether it's from their medical doctor or from um, a perspective that doesn't really give them help until they're sick that's when people can become illuminated with what the problem actually is. Because there's so much that happens between the zone of I'm optimally well and the zone where you get critically sick enough that you can see on a lab and now your doctors are paying attention and they're running extra things for you and they're really trying to find the root cause, right? There's, there's a big gap between that, that from what I've seen, our medical system is not really well set up to address and so what that means is you really have to get sick enough to warrant extra care. And by the time you're sick enough to warrant that extra care, that extra care tends to be invasive and it tends to be aggressive and it tends to be um, overly specific, causing oftentimes a lot of side effects. And so this idea, I think, can be pulled into any aspect of your life. 
it can be pulled into like finances in terms of there's you know like not being bankrupt right and there's 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 concept of, of not being um uh, you know having your debt really drag you down but there's also like financial health and financial wealth so and so a lot of our systems aren't help you know aren't, aren't set up to help us until we get to that end stage and we didn't know how to thrive in the opposite direction so that's really the primary tenant of what i do whether the patient is someone who's gone and seen a lot of doctors i get a lot of patients that have been through the medical ringer where they've seen doctor after doctor after specialist and they're just not they're not getting help yet because they don't have the specific thing that that specialist is trained to look for and they're not getting baseline holistic care from like a big big lens right mm -hmm. so that's a tenet of of what we do and why illumination is right on key with that <laughs> <laughs> and that's so perfect um so for um for example how did you i'm curious how you really got into this journey and fell into this pathway of healing and holistic um, wellness? Well, um, I, I, I think I knew that medicine was somewhere in my future as a kid. And, you know, those years in high school, when everyone starts asking you what you're going to major in in college or what college you're going to go to, it was so stressful because I didn't really know. And um, it, it wasn't told to me that I, it was okay to shift and realign and wiggle and, and, and kind of meander and understand yourself and grow into who you finally become because it took me a while to do that. And I was so stressed out trying to figure it out back then. Um, and I remember I was, I was doing uh, like summer internships at veterinary hospitals with animals and I was at the ER as well with um, just shadowing the ER process. And I just really realized that like, I, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the feel of it. I didn't like the process of it and <clears throat> didn't like the amount of insurance and paperwork that was involved and didn't like the quality of care that people were getting. And I think it was really baffling as a teenager, just being like, okay, I want to do this, but not like this. Mm. So that was planted really early and it took me a while to meander into understanding and creating and plugging into what now is niche medicine, but it won't be very much longer, this holistic, but very medical space where you take everything into consideration. It is, it is not even up and rising anymore. I think it's really, it's really coming in force soon. <laughs> <laughs> what, ha what have you encountered as challenges as you have grown your practice and grown your business? And um, I mean, have you found resistance from the healthcare side, you know, as far as medical insurance and um, or from just uh, allowing an opportunity for your for your um, patients to to know that this is going to be because I remember, you know, even just as recent as a few years ago, if you were doing anything other than traditional medicine, it was a little bit out there and, you know, it was like, oh, I don't know, that's, you know, bucking the system kind of concept. And so what are the challenges that you found as you've been able to grow and expand and explain to your patients that, no, this is really the right way to take care of yourself? Mm -hmm. Well, I think for someone who's not initiated into the process and really understands the, the um, economy of, of allopathic medicine as a whole, it could feel very challenging. Um, but I am a bit of a renegade in how I like to do things. And so it becomes very easy for me to create and wiggle <laughs> like another <laughs> that works for me and for my patients. And so I haven't found it terribly difficult. Um, I have a network of medical doctors that I refer to that work well with me. Um, sometimes patients will bring in, you know, their own medical doctor that they want to continue working with. And sometimes we'll meet resistance from that doctor, either not understanding the process that we're going through or not understanding there's another route to just, you know, like symptom equals medication, which is how they really do it and how they have to do it given insurance policies. But I haven't really found it that difficult to maneuver because there is a great network of um, uh, more holistic medical doctors or doctors that maybe aren't holistic, but are very um, willing and happy that their patients are taking this other route because I really think that medical doctors um, get probably drained by this, again, this, this whole category of patients that are not sick enough to warrant the, medic the medication or the surgery yet. They're just not 
ill enough yet, but they're also complaining of all these little things that are becoming chronic and they don't feel good and the energy's not good and they've got headaches and they've got migraines. Like, what do you do for those people? They're not, they're not sick enough yet and they're not trained mm-hmm. to help these people to thrive in a different field, right? But everyone goes to them. So I think the, I think the modern medical doctor is actually really relieved that there's other people in this gap um, taking care of patients in a way that will help them before you need these extreme approaches to get better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, society-wise, we're so used to getting instant results and quick results. And, you know, the traditional prescriptions tend to give those quick results, whereas the more natural approach is a longer term. It's You're not going to feel that instant you know, relief um, from taking a prescription. And so um, I know in the, in just some friends, you know, it's like, well, I don't want to wait a week, you know, I, I, and so I think that's where um, certainly elderly people kind of get caught up in this system of, oh, I take a pill for this and I take a pill for that. And, and because they want that immediate result rather than realizing that if they took a step back, looked at everything they were eating and their lifestyle and the environmental influences, making some of those shifts would actually allow them to be healthier, but it's not going to be tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so um, I know that some of the, the work that you do specific to digestion and um, the gluten and the environmental issues. And I'd love for you to share your thoughts and your experiences with how just removing or adjusting some of those really can create more of a wellness um, mm. pattern. Yeah. You know, I think, I think most people actually want to know how to take care of themselves. It's just a societal perpetuation of the idea that you can eat in moderation and, you know, like be active and then you wait for the boogeyman who has some chronic disease that hits you. And then you have to deal with it. Like people don't, people think that's the trend and that's mm-hmm. how that happens. And that is unfortunately what happens a lot, but it doesn't have to be that way in, in medicine and in, in your life. It doesn't have to be that way. I think there's a lot of power in going in to every aspect of your life and seeing it in a big picture in terms of what do I want in 10 years and 20 years for this? And how am I, how am I going towards the direction that I want or away from the direction that I want? And we don't realize, we don't have the tools to understand all the little pieces that come into play with that, right? And so I think the, the most common example is that people understand that, you know, marriage is, is not necessarily a walk in the park. And if you really want, if you want a thriving relationship, you've got to add to it every single day. You've got to grow as a person. You have to invest into the relationship. It can't just be, you know, you can't just not pay attention until suddenly five years from now, your spouse leaves you because you've not been investing. <laughs> it's the same thing. You have mm-hmm. to you have to be very conscious from a day-to-day perspective in terms of what your body needs and what it's actually desiring. And you've got to interpret these little signs and symptoms that we think are normal and, and understand it's actually a cry for help. It's an instruction manual. And if you learn how to understand the instruction manual, just like you would understand your spouse and what they're actually saying and what they're actually trying to tell you, right? Then we have success in that arena. Yeah, that's very, very true. I like that analogy as well. And, um, you know, I think, too, as women, you know, both traditionally in society and cultures, we tend to do two things. One is when we're not, when we're feeling discomfort, we tend to really just don't have time for it. We push it off. We'll take care of the other kids. We'll take care of our spouse. We'll still show up at work. And it's like we know we're not well, but there's that sense that we can't get sick. Um, and, and I think that that allows us to not take care of ourselves first. And like you said, not recognize those little symptoms and think that that's just how it's supposed to be. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's hogwash. I think it's a great excuse. I love it. Hogwash. It's both a great excuse, but it's hogwash. (laughs) Um, because because here here again is is a tenet of life and a law of universe is where focus goes your energy goes or the energy goes your focus goes and that thing will change and shift 
So if you give all the energy to someone else uh, with some kind of a martyrdom thing, which is I know very common for women, like it's just yep. it's actually built into us, right? Otherwise our kids would not survive. But how we pull back on that a little bit and focus on us too, because when we are depleted, whether it's energetically or in, within joy or happiness or health, if we're not vibrant, if we try to make someone else vibrant from our own state of lack, it comes from a very false place energetically, right? And so that means that if we really, really want true health, true thriving for our partners and the people that we take care of and the children in our community, that means we have to come first. And there's a certain amount of self-centeredness that I ask my patients, especially moms, to come into because if we don't have that grounding, that centeredness, that stability within yourself, how do you expect to help other people? How do you expect to set the tone of what, what, you know, what is fed in your household and what kind of meals are made? And you can't, it's just because you're trying, but it's coming from a pretty, I think, exhausting place. No, that, that's exactly um, my experience. I mean, my experience as um, growing up, I, it was almost similar to what you started with, which was, I just didn't, this just didn't make sense to me. It's like you go in and, you, you know, to a doctor because you have a cold and they hand you prescriptions and then the prescriptions say, but don't do this, don't do that. And you're going to have this side effect. And, and I remember even back then, so I've always, um, even with my, my kids, we always um, used homeopathic remedies and um, we, I actually am one of those people that don't believe in flu shots and all those things. And so it's really kind of interesting. Um, and then as well as healthy eating as we could, I had two active boys, but it, it's interesting now to see them as adults because they're 24 and 25 and they really don't get sick as often as their, their friends do. Um, it just wasn't a part of our growing up. And yet I do feel that that's where we get a lot of our beliefs is how we grew up as a child and how illness was treated. Did you get more attention? Did you not? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where some of those patterns, I think, develop as we get older and then have our own kids. Um, so I'm curious how do you dive into the mindset piece of illness? Mm, yeah, that's uh, huge. Because <laughs> again, when it comes to more holistic care, it's not just some prescription, here you go, good luck with that, come back if it doesn't work, right? It's, right. it's a process. So when I work with my patient, it's a deep dive. And, and so first comes the clarity. There's no mindset possible if there's no clarity, I think, <clears throat> because then... You're just confused. <laughs> like how, you're, you're confused and ungrounded. So first comes the clarity. And that comes with, with state-of-the-art lab testing. And, and, and to kind of pull in what we were talking about earlier with insurance. This is when insurance does not work because they're set up to help, you know, look at things when things get bad. And so I don't even go through insurance when I order labs for my patients because I want numbers and values and information that they don't traditionally give because they're not sick enough to get it. And that for me is, is a bad, bad excuse. Wow. <laughs> and so, so in terms of like getting labs information, it's so much more comprehensive than what people normally get with an annual physical because there, they're just making sure that you don't die in the next year, right? And I want, <laughs> I want more information than just death. <laughs> bad, bad issues coming up. I want to see, are you thriving? Are you doing well? And so how that pulls into the mindset is that now people have to realize that it's not just a one pill fix it all kind of thing. That you, that's not how it goes. Now it comes into every single aspect of your life gets to be shifted because it's a domino effect. You can't just shift or change things in isolation. We're not, we're not isolated that way which means that if you start to up-level one thing, everything starts to come along with it, but it's a whole body process, it's a whole person process. So if you go in and you start to look holistically at, okay, so we've got this issue going on, here is the possible disease state that's associated with it, and here are all the lifestyle things that made it happen. So here's how we ate for a number of years. This is someone who's been dependent on carbs or sugar, maybe an overconsumption of that. And here are now the repercussions from that. And here's where they're going to go if they don't shift it. 
And so that's how it's not just a pill because we're not just interested in making the numbers look better. We're interested in making sure that it doesn't come back again after the issue is dealt with, which means that it's not just a one pill fix at all. Mm -hmm. so we have to go into all the aspects. Now you're talking about diet. And, and that's huge because so many people are, are trained as children, me included, that when you're good, like you've been well behaved, you get bad food, whether it's candy, <laughs> ice cream, McDonald's, like that was, that was my family when we were, yep. good. then we got that rare trip McDonald's and literally even now as an adult, I see those golden arches and my heart flutters. Like, oh, <laughs> I, didn't eat it. I don't even know how long it's been since I've had McDonald's, but my heart will flutter a little bit because emotional connection <laughs> it's ridiculous so, so the mindset is really huge because then the patients just think that oh i've got to be just good I, I no longer have fun in my diet and that's not true we have to rewire the mindset rewire the neurology with good things equals good food equals good behavior equals rewarding good food equals still delicious like that has to be redone and so that's a process as well, because we've got to take this out of the, the habitual realm where we just do things and we've got to make it come into the conscious brain and actively change our habits and what we're doing and try recipes and fail a little bit and then succeed a little bit. Right. And so that's a whole, a whole like neurological arc that has to happen up here in order to yield the results down here for the long term. No, I, I think that's that's so key, and that's so funny about the McDonald's. <laughs> but it's true, you know. And and um, and so, what would you? I mean, what are your thoughts on like gluten and sugars and all of those? Are, are um, is there one that if someone wanted to just make a change and say, okay, I've heard about this. I've heard gluten's not good, so I'm going to go gluten-free. Is that something that literally they can just kind of start doing and that is going to be the right um, pathway for them? Or does are some bodies, some women or some people, more inclined to be okay with the gluten, but they really should be taking eliminating the sugar? I mean, is it person by person, or do you have a thought? Yeah, there's, there's so much individuality in terms of how – I work with patients because eliminating is a, to me, a very big word. That means that comes with the, with the concept and, and the energetic that you can never have it again. It's true. That's that lack mentality. Yeah. That, that could be very sad. And so, so, so the goal is to never get someone into lack, whether you have, whether you know that's exactly what you need to do or not. Um, lack comes into the mindset because if there's lack involved, Good luck because lack will trigger that emotional brain, that limbic brain. It's the part of the brain that is only interested in survival and procreation. That's it. It's like hmm. a year old boy, right? That, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it cares about. It doesn't care about, doesn't care about looking nice. It doesn't care about your weight goals. Has no New Year's resolutions at all. Like doesn't care. <laughs> all it wants to do is eat and have sex. That's it. Yeah. Right? And so it's a really powerful part of how humans have survived. And anytime you trigger that emotional brain and that limbic brain, you're, you're, you're done. Because what's going to happen from that point on is that your body's going to go into like, oh, lack, oh no, emotional brain. We're not going to survive and we're going to, you know, like not have fun. And then, and then good luck, good luck trying to consciously have a new year's resolution fighting that limbic brain eventually mm -hmm. will win because it doesn't want to die and it doesn't want the species to die that's it it's very very powerful so and in that respect lack mentality is really really powerful when it comes to health you can't fight it you have to learn to work with it you've learned have to learn how to satisfy it in a way that satisfies your conscious goals as well and so when i work with patients it never comes down to, we just have to eliminate one thing. It, it never, it, it, it just, it can't be that way because that'll trigger lack. And, and so how I counsel my patients is number one, everyone has a sliding scale in terms of how important a thing is for someone. So as an example, if someone is going through, um, they have diabetes, type two diabetes, which means you ate your way into a blood sugar problem right? And so for those people, then sugar becomes way more of a unwanted 
thing in your life than for someone who doesn't have diabetes, but maybe they're struggling with um, autoimmunity. Maybe mm. for that person, gluten would be way more important because we know that gluten has a huge link with triggering your immune system to be pissed off and auto attack your body, right? And so we know there are certain things that are more important dynamically within the energetics of those foods that you don't want to go involve yourself in. But I still never say never. that triggered the lack and how I counsel my patients is to develop that emotional strength through repetition on I want to pass on that like I'm gonna pass I I like that so much more light and free and fluffy than I can't have it Mm -hmm. I can't eat that I want it but I can't I shouldn't I can't yeah that's low energy Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love how you bring the, just changing the words changes the vibration. And, oh, I love that approach. Yeah. And when you pass on it, it doesn't trigger lack and it doesn't trigger your brain to go into like, <gasps> like that panic. And then it feels eas- more easeful. And then if you did have it, then you can pass again and then again. So, you don't. it doesn't create this continuum of like, oh, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I messed up. Now I just messed up. I'm just going to keep messing up. Like it gives you the possibility of bouncing back up again. And so within medicine, why I call it functional holistic medicine is that it's really at the end of the day, an emotional game, a, a brain game, a mentality game, a clarity game. If you know what you need, you've got strong clarity. You have certainty as to why you need to do that. And you've got good strategies in place that you're willing to do over and over and over again and develop those good habits then you have provocative change, not only now, in a way that is easeful and graceful and abundant, then muscling your way into it and being harsh and keeping on that diet and depriving yourself and feeling proud but hungry, because that's not going to (laughs) last. Right. (laughs) That's so true. I I love that. Um, And when you work with your patients, do you also factor in exercise and um, supplements and self-care? Yes. Um, tell me about that. Yes, so much. So um, exercise, absolutely. I think that's one part that that's one part that's over overdone or underdone. There's no one who's really that I see consistently that hits it right on the nose because there's so many factors involved with that. I love that you brought this up because most patients, when they come to see me, even people that are very enlightened in terms of they've read the gaps diet and they've read paleo books and they follow Chris Presser online. Like they're, they're like, they know stuff, right? And they have the lingo. They, they, they've tried things. If they've come up with some amount of success, what they are oftentimes missing is the specificity. So all they have at their, availability of tools is working out and their diet. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's what I call right. a caveman approach. Those are, those are unwieldy tools. That's like rocks and sticks, right? Because if you just, if you're not feeling good, but you just work out even more for some people at certain times, when you start to factor in hormones, adrenal fatigue, your thyroid, your metabolism, that could be the wrong thing at the moment. It, 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 like maybe the right thing is to actually tone it down a little bit, move your body, but not hit that cardio so hard. Right. Right. For other people, um, like they need to, they need to get their butt moving and they need to actually oxygenate their body. If they don't, then they're going to have issues. And so that specificity plays a huge role because otherwise all we can think of is I'm not working out enough and my diet's not strict enough. And those two things, I mean, you can go into a whole circle over and over and over again of frustration because you don't know exactly what to do. So yes, exercise, appropriate exercise. So either get people that don't at all, or I get people that CrossFit and are destroying their bodies. Oh my gosh. CrossFit, or they're working out way too hard, or they're working out as kind of like a stimulant because if they don't work out in the morning, they don't turn their brains on, but they're working out really, really hard in this aggressive way that's not going to nourish themselves, right? So there's all these continuums of these issues that I think the big thing that we need is individuality and specificity because just because it worked for your best friend, or it worked for the girl in Cosmo. Oh, but Cosmo knows all. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And so then, and then what about the aspect? Because I know in the work I do with, with women that, and this was actually a huge 
turning piece for myself was learning that piece of self-care and taking the time for myself um, to just do something that's pleasurable, whether it be reading a book or journaling. And, and so what are some of the um, techniques or things that you suggest um, or how do you even incorporate that into someone's life that may not have that understanding? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going to go just a little bit medical for a hot Yeah. And oh, that's fine. About the, the two aspects of the nervous system. So a lot of people okay. like the fight or flight versus the rest, right? So the sympathetic, which is fight or flight and doing stuff, active, active, and then parasympathetic, which is rest and relax. And again, here's where culture really plays a unique role in that, where we really, um, we really encourage and put on a pedestal this idea of being really busy and exhausted, right? When you, when you see your friend, you've been seen in a while, it's like, how are you? What do they tell you? They tell you their laundry list of to-do items and how busy they've been and how they're running around. And what do we, we give them energetic props for that. It's like, oh yeah, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're exhausted. You're doing it right. You know? Yeah. It's like a badge of courage. It's like, how busy can you be? And then that's supposed to be like kudos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when I have patients start looking at their day with how much they're spending in that sympathetic nervous system, that go, go, go. And the parasympathetic of being able to relax, rest, digest, detox, that mishap, that misuse is usually what starts a lot of people's digestive problems. Very, very simply in that they, they're on the go so much, they don't take the time to properly prepare or eat or digest their food. And that is a human tenet that has to happen. And it takes time. And, and even like lunch breaks aren't well set up for that. You've got an hour for lunch mm -hmm. and you weren't prepared and because you were too busy the day before you have not packed your lunch, which means now you got to go hunt for your lunch or go to a restaurant, right? So you spent half your time going and waiting for your food and coming back and you've just shoveled it in in like 20 minutes. It's a really common thing. And so what happens is that you shoveled your food in, in this like sympathetic way and you didn't rest and digest your food and now you're back at work again, or even worse, you worked at your table in front of your laptop, right? And you just <laughs> eating through your lunch and working through your lunch. That is really, really bad for you. And because this digestive process is so freaking important, if it doesn't happen properly, then your food is not well digested. And then your, um, your food can start to ferment in your body, as an example, and it can cause a lot of diseases that will, will glom on. It can cause a lot of gut issues that will glom on. And then before you know it, you have some heartburn now and again, and you've got some bloating and gas after you eat and you're constipated or you've got diarrhea, like something is up but people don't realize that those little symptoms equals big things that are happening. That means your body can't do it. It's having a really hard time. And so in that, that self-care becomes critically important because if we don't give our bodies the time that it needs to do its proper job to relax, detox, then it builds up. And that buildup is what then eventually causes diseases. And we don't know that. So we do it over and over and over again until now we're sick enough. We've got enough symptoms that hopefully our doctor can give us some kind of a medication to suppress that symptom. And that's all we have. And so really at the root of all this comes into this self-care aspect, because not only does it give us our, our bodies a chance to let down and do its job, it also goes into that pleasure that you mentioned, which helps prevent us from going into that lack right? And that pleasure. So how many ways you know how to pleasure yourself? How many ways you know how to bring in that relaxation that doesn't involve ice cream and a chocolate cake? Like for <laughs> people, that's all they have. <laughs> like a quick read of a book at the end of the night. That's all they have. Right? Yeah. And so no exactly. wonder we have issues with food on top of that. And no wonder we have issues with our bodies and our guts and our hormones, because at the root of it, we don't know how to care for ourselves and create happiness and pleasure and joy. I think that that's that's so profound because again going back to the reward concept it's like you know as we're we're we've got kids and we're busy and we're working and we're taking kids to practice and all of this it's like it comes back to as adults the reward is like you said the chocolate cake or it's the glass of wine or it's you know it's that I you know I deserve this and um it's not having the intention the correct intention you know, the intentional eating concept of this is the food that I prepared for myself and now I'm going to sit down and enjoy it. And because 
lots of times it's, you know, you're eating in the car even with kids. And unfortunately, and I say this from experience, <laughs> you know, it's like that's what you had to do. It's like we're going to drive through someplace, get some food because you've got to get to a game, and then I've got to go over here. And, you know, and so I, we wonder how as adults where we came up with some of these patterns, it's like, well, you know, our parents were just doing what they could do. Mm -hmm. um, but I love the the intentional eating concept. Um, and I know that I, for myself, really need to be more mindful of that as well. I have no excuses to not be doing that. <laughs> but it's easy. It's easy to slide into a pattern of just, you know, like you said, eating at your computer and, okay, I'll just make this. And, and um, so those are really, I love those reminders because I certainly needed to hear that today. <laughs> Um, what was I going to, oh, one of the questions I had, so how, when is the ideal time for someone to come work with you? Um, what, you know, is there a certain age? Is it an intuitive thought? Is it a ache and pain that we brush aside? What would be something or, you know, yeah, what would be, what would allow someone to say, you know what? I need to check Dr. Rachel out. <laughs> well, I don't know if there's a specific age because I've worked with people from three to Oh my goodness. At this point. Yeah. So I don't know if there's necessarily an age issue. Okay. Um, I think the, the overall dynamic of someone, so it's more of an energetic match than necessarily a conditioned match or a, um, an age or a gender. And so okay. the energetic match is for someone who's ready to do the work right? This is not, a, this is not a here's your medication, go away reproach. That's not going to work out at all. This is, um, this is a whole life shift. And that when you start to shift, let's say, let's say this, let's say someone starts to say yes to not just like eating the right food or good food, although that's really good, but they, they, they bump it up a lot. They start to really tap into their body with what does my body actually need? intentionally and here are the list of available things that you're going to say yes on and and here are the list of foods that are within my highest decision making power not the right food the highest food right and they so they start to step into that now that energetic is going to start to leach onto other parts of your life so that's going to start to pull into highest within your energy handling, within what you say yes to in your life, within who you spend your time with, into what you invite work-wise into your space, into how you communicate with your partner, what kind of partner you have. It literally has to move. And I see this every single time. And so one of the things that I, I look for with saying yes to working with a new patient is that readiness right there. Because if that's not there, and someone just wants to do things perfectly and take all their pills, need the right food. Like that's okay. Um, but I'm moving more and more away from working with people just that just want like a body level change, that just biochemical change, um, because that's that's all very possible. But what really excites me is is someone who wants a whole whole person change because when it starts to trickle on to other parts of their life, now I know it's going to be a sustainable shift. It's going, it, because now they can't just start eating poorly again. It's going to move on to all other aspects as well. So when you eat poorly and choose poorly again and again and again, then you start to choose poorly in other aspects of your life too. Like what is wrong? What's going on? What needs to shift? What's been weighing you down? And so I, I feel that is a very provocative way to make big, big shifts in your life all around, all around. And Oftentimes I find it's, it's the one piece that entrepreneurs don't shift because again of the illusion that you're fine until you're not. And the illusion yeah. that it's all about just like mindset and like what you do in your work, like it's not, it's not segmented. You mm -hmm. as a person, as a mother, as a father, as a child, as an entrepreneur, you are a whole creature with a very dynamic way of, of all the little bits and parts of you. But I think in terms of energetic law, universal law, when you start to say yes to yourself in one area, it just goes, it just moves and it multiplies. And the more you say yes, the more it multiplies and the faster you shift as an entire person. 
And that's, and that's really exciting because like, what else do you, what else do you have to decide three to four times a day, maybe more for some people other than food? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. What barometer do you have as a daily tracker as to where your energy is and what you're saying yes to and whether you're vibrating and choosing high or vibrating and choosing poorly that will literally tell you where you're at all the time a quick check-in <laughs> <laughs> exactly well you know and, and that's a really good point because I think as entrepreneurs we tend to focus on the business and we know now to focus on our energy and our mindset. And I don't know that our health and exercise are at the forefront. It's like you said, we'll wait until something happens. Then it's like, Oh yeah, that's right. I should take care of my body. I should take care of my, my um, digestion. And we tend to really, and yet this is, this is our container. And we're, we should put it first as opposed to just um, uh, thinking it's always going to be there and always going to be functioning. And, um, and then when it doesn't, then we're mad. <laughs> yes. yes. And I, I think entrepreneurially, I'm going to just I'm gonna pull this into the space because I know yeah. if you work with a lot of business people mm -hmm. is that not only is it your container and not only is it how you do one thing is how you do most things. It also pulls into there's like, if your gut sucks, your brain is going to suck as well. And your decision-making is going to be hampered and a story, which means your gut equals your business. Yeah. Clear line of delineation. Right. And so, and how that plays a role. So a little more into that. So when your gut is inflamed, your brain is inflamed. And when your brain is inflamed, poor decision-making processes, mm -hmm. when you eat poorly, then your gut can't do its job. And one of the jobs that your gut does is make 90% of your serotonin, that's your happy hormone. That is the one that they mess around with, with, with antidepressant medication when you're sad or anxious, right? That serotonin. And so not that those medications are bad when you need them when you're in a critical situation, but when you eat poorly, you are suppressing your body's ability to just make its natural amount of happy hormones. These hormones keep you focused. They give you, um, they give you hope for the future and they help you plan and they make you feel good. And those are the opposites of feeling depressed and anxious and like there's no good for tomorrow and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. It's the opposite of all those sadness feelings. And so, and so what that means is how you eat equals your happiness levels. And that has a huge impact on how we make decisions as an entrepreneur. Are we coming from the space of anxiety and sadness and, and fear? Or are we coming from a space of power and mm -hmm. happiness when we've got this, right? And so it's not, it's not just a container. It's also how you feel and how you operate. The stronger your stress handling systems are and your hormones are, the stronger your decisions are going to be as well and the faster things will go. And so within like flying this, the ship of being an entrepreneur, right? It comes with so much personal power. Like you, you are the one in the middle of this thing, holding it together, directing it, moving it, deciding on the momentum and the speed of what happens. And so that means your hormones have to be on target and your metabolism has to be on target and your cells have to be oxygen. You've got to be fed. All of these pieces equals your relationship with your business and your working. So I think it's a direct line. That, that, you know, it's almost like that message needs to get out there a little bit more. <laughs> you need to create a program that really just uses the word entrepreneur and then everyone will, you know, right. be attracted to it. And, and yet it's just sound advice for anybody. Yes. Um, but, you know, and I think that also goes back to the role that we play. It's like if we set out on this entrepreneurial, you know, journey, nine times out of 10, we, we want to make it work. And if we've got family, you know, there's financial considerations. And so we do, we stress ourselves out. We, you know, I, it's so common, unfortunately, that everyone suffers from adrenal burnout and, you know, the stress of being in the nine to five and starting a business and, and all of that. And again, I know just from personal experience, I never necessarily put my health and how I was eating as a factor in all of that, it would be more like I need more sleep or I need to take an hour off or, and so this discussion is actually really just, you know, enlighten me again to the fact that it, uh, we can't forget our health. 
can't forget our bodies. They're so special to us. Um, and, and we need them. <laughs> so we need to, we need to treat them nicely. <laughs> um, and so, uh, what, um, how do you incorporate, um, supplements or do you, or is it really dietary and, and all the other things that we've already talked about? Mm-hmm. Supplements are huge. They're huge. There's so many things within supplementation that, that don't even lapse over to food. So now and again, very rarely I get, I get a patient that says, I want to do this all with food. And I say, okay, um, okay. Um, first of all, I'm not the right person for you because I can't (laughs) find a way to deliver this amount of impact with having you eat enough grapefruit as an example. Right. Or, um, there are supplements that, that come from, um, like, unless you're willing to eat like extracts from something's gallbladder, it sounds awful. That would burn <laughs> your teeth anyways. It's got to come in a pill form. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so um, with supplements, it, it, it's a way to collapse the time it would take for you to heal. That's it. And so we're optimizing the functionality with how your body operates. Um, and, and for some people, the supplements are going to be a short-term thing. And some, some people, they're going to be a longer-term issue depending on what's going on. But here's the thing, you can optimize your body. And we have these amazing specific tools that we can find out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Um, then like, why not have the faster, quicker, more easeful, happier way? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do supplements. And there's a lot of supplements on the market. There's good supplements and there's bad supplements. Um, and so part of, part of when I work with the patient, especially the very beginning of working with them, is to look at all their supplements they're taking, if any, and we label read them to see, all right, is this a, a good supplement, number one, or is it full of artificial colors and ingredients? You buy it from Walmart or Costco. Like, so we see the quality <laughs> of the supplement first. And then secondly, we, we go and we do, again, that, that hands-on um, physical exam that we talked about. And this is when we bring in a little bit of the magic of the functionality of the body. We will palpate them. Certain spots of their gut may be very painful and tender and very just like non-yielding. And then we take a supplement and we stick it in their mouth and they taste it. And that, which means your brain knows about it. Like taste means your brain knows what's happening in here. And once you taste it, then it brings like, oh, that. And you could literally within seconds see if the body was like, yeah, oh yeah, I really liked that. Or like, oh, no, yeah. not my thing. And that's where you can bring in like this really dynamic, what does your body want on top of the great lab that'll tell you what the problem is. They can connect like problem. What solution do we find? Because there could be 20 adrenal supplements that could be appropriate for you. Does your body have a preference? And oftentimes people's bodies do have preferences. Oh, I love, I, I love that approach <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, because again, it is energy and we all like, you know, we can say we're the same, but we're not. Mm-hmm. And we all have different genetics and different um, things that play into who we are. And that's where um, I don't, I've never been a believer that one thing works for everybody, whether it be a diet, whether it be having, you know, um, 32 ounces of water or 64, it, it's like, it really just depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we see all of this, you know, noise out there that says, Oh, do this and lose, you know, 10 pounds in 10 days or get on the keto diet. And, and that's going to solve all your problems. And, and the reality is, as you've shared here, it's not just that one action. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just changing your diet or starting to run, you know, three miles a day. It's everything else that factors into it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the reason that you're doing it just to go run three miles a day because you should, you're not going to get the same benefit. Whereas if you go and run because you love being outside in the fresh air and you get to see the birds and the trees and you know, you're, you're going to get so much more benefit from that approach than just a, my doctor said, or I should, you know, be running. And um, it's those shoulds that trip us up in so many areas. Shoulds that cause adrenal stress. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So what are some of the ways other than um, being in Denver and, and coming in to see you, 
What are some other um, ways that you share your information and you work with, with other women and men and children? Um, yeah, or what's coming up for you? How's that? You can tell well, us more. This is, is a one-on-one practice. And as, I, as I've started choosing patients that have that energetic yes, <laughs> my, my patient list is becoming more curated because I'm, I'm less willing to just pull people along. You know, it's like you, I'm less willing to just be your cheerleader all the time, although sometimes cheerleading is necessary. Um, but like, you really have to have initiative. You've got to want it, right? And so the one-on-one is, is the primary of what I do. And then um, I'm also starting to move into what I call embodiment health transformation. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and so what that means is it's immersive. And, and there's so many things that we're immersed in these days where we're conscious of our agreement to yes or no. So we can be immersed in um, a toxic work situation. It's immersive. You're there. And therefore, your body starts to shift towards that. We can be immersed in uh, relationships that don't serve us right and it's an immersive experience whether you're actually physically there or not like you're just immersed in it and so part of this quick neurological rewiring goes into immersion and embodiment which means you feel it in every single cell of your body and so as i've shifted into this this deep deep work we're starting to bring in things like retreats so as an example, I've got a retreat coming in next January that is all about the embodiment of this parasympathetic nervous system and this pleasure system to override the connection with health and lack. Like if I'm healthy, I can't have the cookie, right? That right. cutting all that in a dynamic, fast, quick way. How do we immerse ourselves into health? into pleasure, into relaxation, into good food, into healing, into pampering. How do we go into all that so that you feel so good and you create so much more like brain neurology around that? Because if we had that space and we were into that as a regular practice in our lives, then it's very easy to feel off. And, and out of whack who are not there. It's like, oh, I don't like that, feel like this. But the problem is most of us aren't immersed enough to actually feel how good it feels to feel good. And so we'll be pulling people out of their lives and immersing them in this big three-day retreat where it's hot springs, it's spa treatments with the best non-toxic products, <laughs> I think, on the planet. It's going in and doing whole body transformation. So cacao ceremonies, going to the energetics of healing, going into the burning off of what doesn't serve and inviting what does come in because we have space for it. And we just don't set the time up for that. And so that's kind of like a, a level up from the one-on-one -on -one work that goes into like a whole weekend of shifting because you can never go back on that and be like, oh, like stress feels good. And <laughs> I think that's the way it should be because it should be such a trigger point from, mm, yeah, this is what my body wants. Uh-huh. Yum. And then you pull it. Like, how do I pull strands from that into my life again? How do I set a higher standard for my body? So that it's, it's not just exhaustion becomes, you know, like, oh, I've got to change something. It, it sets a higher standard for what do I want and how do I model my life into a better feeling life than catching up and just surviving and just running along. I like that. The word that came to mind is like it's, a, it's an intentional reset. <laughs> um, you know, it's taking yourself out of, because I, it's hard to sometimes create change in a, you know, in collapsed time when you're still in your day-to-day -day routine, but removing yourself and really being in an environment where that is the norm um, really does do that reset. It really is that reshift. It's like, oh, I can find pleasure in eating food. I can find pleasure in it's okay to not do anything, you know, not look at the phone, not have to be doing. It's that state of being, and we don't always allow ourselves enough time to be. Right. Yeah. So, well, that sounds exciting. I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you said your first one's in January? Yep. It's going to be January 24th to 26th, and we're taking everyone to New Mexico 
to the Ojo Caliente Spa. I've been there a few times. This place is amazing. Beautiful. Yay. I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> now. Well, and, and what we'll do is um, if you want information um, on the retreat or anything um, that, um, you know, the programs, we'll put all the links down below in the show notes and you can reach out um, to Rachel directly and get all the good info. And um, so I think this has been so enlightening and so illuminating. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really, you know, I, I think for me, just to kind of sum it up, just the whole, our whole conversation is really the, um, the sense that we don't necessarily always factor health into our business plan even. I mean, we'll look at, you know, strategically, we need to be marketing, we need to be generating, you know, new clients, new programs and, and advertising and, you know, personal development, but we never, I don't think we do enough justice to include health and exercise mm -hmm. in that business plan mm -hmm. until, like you said, something happens and then we're sick for five days and who's running everything else. And so I really love this concept of being much more intentional and including it and um, having more of a wellness program rather than waiting for something to, to happen um, and then getting stuck in a different pathway of, yes, you need those quick fixes. And those sometimes have, I think, poor set, uh, side effects. Yes. And um, so I, I just, I love this whole concept of taking care of yourself first and really getting the message out there that it is important mm -hmm. before we get sick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are, what would be your final, like, if you had a vision for the next, for 2020, since we're close to 2020, if you had a vision for 2020. What would you like to share? What would be your impact, your message that you would love for people to just start really focusing on and getting? Mm -hmm. You know, the world is moving towards a place of new enlightenment. People are becoming more woke and the people that are on the leading edge of transformation, human transformation, thought transformation. Uh, it's, it's, it's a thing. And so sometimes I think it could feel very intense in our bodies for those of us who are there. Mm. I'm sure that the people that are listeners to your podcast, the people that work with you are all in that leading edge of transformation. And it could feel, it could feel so intense because it's like, okay, what do I do? There's energetic pieces, there's mental pieces, emotional, like everything is moving so fast. And the way that we really ground into this human experience and our physicality is really this human physical vessel. Like this, this is, this is our touch point here in the world as we're moving in our 3d and our 5d. So there's, there's so much yumminess here. And so how, how do we keep grounded in all this is within our bodies right? is within our physical nature and our physicality, which means that this becomes more and more important and our ability to listen to our body, give it exactly what it needs will equal the pace of our transformation and our ability to do like have that warp speed come up for us. And so I think in 2020, there's going to be so much shifting in that and people are going to go faster and faster in terms of what they want and who they become and expressing their gifts to the world. And this human vessel has to be important. You have to take care of your human body. And I think that's, that's my job in the world as this stuff could happen. This is, this is where I get to play and it's going to be so exciting. I'm excited. Well, and, and I've, um, for, for the listeners, I've had the pleasure of spending a weekend with Rachel and I just love her energy and she, um, you know, she walks the talk <laughs> and, um, it is, it is, um, I really believe what you just said is very true. I think next year is going to be a huge, very rapid, um, series of transformations on so many different levels. Um, and, as coaches or as entrepreneurs or light leaders or healers, 
our energy is exposed to the clients we work with. And so it's even more important to really make sure that we've taken care of ourselves mm -hmm. and given us all the nourishment and all the mindset work and all the physical um, pieces that we need to in order to stay at that high vibe level to be able to work with our clients. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very, very important. And I just love everything that you do. <laughs> um, you are, you're just, you're, it, it's so fun to talk with you because your, your knowledge and your wisdom, and yet you've integrated it and embodied it. And so it's, it's, it's just so much better than just listening to someone lecture. Yeah. So I, I, I love the personal approach that you bring to, to your work. Well, thank you so much for having me on. This has been so fun. It has. It's been totally fun. And I'm so excited. And um, I'm so excited for your retreat in January. <laughs> it's going to I'm super excited. That's why I picked up on that word reset. It's like, that's exactly how I'm going to view this as a reset. But I'm, and I do, I, it's taken myself out of my normal routine. And I'm just going to immerse myself in the, in everything. And um, so I'm very excited for the retreat too. So, <laughs> but thank you again for being here and um, for all the listeners, again, you can, all the contact information for Rachel will be um, in the show notes. Please reach out to her. Um, she also has a beautiful website. Um, and I would love for you to check that out. If you want to know it's, um, precision empowered health. And it's really, I, I happened upon the website one day and it was like, Oh my God, there's so much information here. So, um, check that out. If you just want some general information on health and, and a little bit more of what Rachel does, um, her website is absolutely beautiful. So, and you can sign up for all sorts of cool things there. and buy products and all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Um, and I will um, be talking with you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Next Level Woman. My desire is to bring you guests and information that inspire you to become the next level woman in your life, relationships, and business. If you know someone that would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them on any of your social media platforms. And if you have ideas for future episodes, reach out to me. You can find the information in the show notes below. Here's to all of us becoming and stepping into the next level woman.